Chapter One of Links in Rebecca's Life by Pansy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Links in Rebecca's Life by Pansy. Chapter One How She Worked Out the Lesson. She was in the parlor. The windows were open, and little whirls of snowflakes were dancing through the room every now and then. The process of sweeping was over, and now the dusting was going on. That means taking an old gray or brown rag and dashing upon the dust that had dared to settle and sending it in dizzy whirls again through the room. This work Rebecca was doing faithfully with a three-cornered handkerchief tied over her frizzes, a few of which peeped merrily out. As she dusted she sang little trills of music in a glad, happy voice. She felt very happy this morning. Every snowflake fluttering down from heaven made her happier, for wouldn't each one help to improve the slaying? She had a special interest in the slaying. This was the evening for the fair and festival down at the schoolhouse in the hollow, a fair and festival gotten up by the school boys and girls for the purpose of raising funds with which to purchase a school organ. Now Rebecca Harlow had not chick nor child belonging to her who had aught to do with the school at the hollow. In point of fact, she was not supposed to care, except in a general charitable sort of way, whether they had an organ at the hollow or not, and yet her thoughts had been down there for two or three days and her heart was there at this present moment. Now let me explain. This young lady of eighteen lived a very busy life. She was the oldest daughter of a large family where there was much to do and little money to do it with. The gala days that fell to her share were few and far between, and when Frank Edwards said to her one evening as they walked home from the lecture, "'Let's go down to the hollow next week, Rebecca, and give them a lift,' it was to Rebecca just as if a little rainbow had whirled down from heaven and dropped right at her feet. Was not the hollow seven miles away over the beautiful road and was not the sleighing perfect and the moonlight glowing? and she hadn't had a sleigh ride this winter. Oh, she would give them a lift at the hollow with all her heart. To be sure she could not do much besides look pretty and eat some oysters and admire the pretty things. But Frank Edwards was capable of much better lifting than that. His pocketbook was large and full, and his heart was as large as his pocketbook, and with her at his side to admire and suggest the lifting would be very helpful. Besides, there were almost a hundred girls in town who were quite well acquainted with Frank Edwards and who liked sleigh riding and lifting. Wasn't it nice to be selected from all these as the one to help? She smiled as she shook out the brown rag at the side window and began again, and her voice broke into a merry carol belonging to the Christmas just past. Then she carefully dusted the big Bible. There was a scrap of paper peeping untidily out at the edge, and she pulled at it. Who could so carelessly have left scraps of paper in that great handsome Bible? She opened it to remove the offending bit, and her eyes rested on these familiar words. Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Now Rebecca Harlow was a Sunday school teacher. She had studied this verse carefully among others in the lesson. She had gone over it again in the teacher's meeting. She meant to teach carefully the lesson involved in it to her bright little girls on Sabbath day. Who shall say why, as she read it over now in haste and without object, it suddenly made the smile on her face change to a grave and troubled look. Perhaps it was the town clock striking just then in the old bell tower that suggested the thought to her. It was the same bell that rang at evening. Perhaps it was the Spirit of God that connected the thought with the verse. Who can tell? This was the thought as it flashed upon her. Tonight is prayer meeting. And this was the conversation that ensued between her heart and the mysterious being who so often stands up to controvert our inclinations. Well, the people at the hollow have nothing to do with that. But the people who ought to be at the church tonight have. It is only once. I'm almost never away from prayer meeting, and besides it's a good cause. And besides, it would be really too bad to have them lose Frank's donation. They say ever so many more would go to their Sunday afternoon meetings at the Hollow if they only had good music. They really need an organ. 
Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? What a strange verse to keep repeating itself over and over in her mind. People have other duties besides going to prayer meeting, said her petulant heart. As in obeying the voice of the Lord, said the cool, quiet voice. And she shut the big Bible with a slam and went to her dusting, but she sang no more. I can't go, Frank, I really can't. And if you are half as sorry as I am, why, you feel pretty sorry, that's all. The sentence begun in earnestness ended in an embarrassed little laugh. She had taken off the three-cornered handkerchief and arranged the frizzes, and she stood in neat and pretty dress in the hall talking to Mr. Edwards. "'I was in hope you would get my message earlier, in time to make other plans for the evening. I never thought of your not being at home. I do hope you will understand that it is not because I don't want to go.' How clouded the gentleman's handsome face was. "'What on earth is the matter, Rebecca?' he asked. "'I didn't understand your note in the least. What has happened? There have been prayer meetings before, surely, and there will be others.' And besides, you knew there was such an institution when you made the engagement. What a fine glow there was on Rebecca's cheek. I don't know that I can explain, she began hurriedly, and I know how inconsistent I must seem to you, but really and truly I never thought about the meeting until this morning when a verse in the Bible told me of it. A verse in the Bible told you there was to be a prayer meeting tonight, he said in great astonishment. Well, not that quite, but it was about following our own plans when they come in contact with God's appointments and— well, Frank, you know I cannot make you understand how I look at such things, but I knew in an instant that I ought not to go. There was no letting up of the frown on the handsome face before her, and his face was cold and dignified. Oh, well, of course I must not come in conflict with your ought-nots, but I do not pretend to understand them, and I find this one particularly disagreeable. I ought not to keep you standing in the cold. I will bid you good evening. What very handsome horses his were, and what a luxurious sleigh it was! "'He needn't have been quite such a bear,' she said, as she watched the prancing horses with a queer swelling of her throat. "'I wonder who he will take. Well, I can't help it. I know I have done right.' "'You ought to have been at the meeting that evening. There were a good many out, and some way the pastor's heart was very tender and hopeful. The blessed Spirit of God moved him to ask if there was not one present who would like to begin the new year on the Lord's side, and among several who arose in answer to the call was Rebecca's bright young brother, with his keen eyes and dangerous talents.' Oh, to have missed that sight and the sound of the trembling words he spoke! How could a hundred sleigh-rides have atoned for that? Down on the seat before her went the frizzed head, and the brown eyes filled with thankful tears. As she stepped down from the outside steps a few minutes after, a tall man was waiting for her. "'Didn't you go to the hollow? And did you come to prayer-meeting?' Both questions expressed great surprise. "'I did not, and I did,' he answered, laughing a little. "'Did you think I would go alone?' I came down to see if I could understand your ought-nots. I respect them, anyway, and I want you to try to make me understand them." Then he put her into that handsome sleigh and tucked her among the robes. End of chapter 1